The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal Piston Rings. I'm Joe Costello and we've got another great episode with an engine builder and a racer and a five-time world champion. But first, my co-host, Mr. Keith Jones, the Director of Technical Sales at Total Seal Piston Rings, joins us now. Keith, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. But first, before we reveal our guest, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's, it's been busy as all get out, and you know, we're in the throes of the summer heat out here in Phoenix, so we're just loving these triple-digit temperatures. And uh, the one thing I'll say for those of you that ever trek out here, and if you decide to do it in the summertime, we never use the phrase, oh, but it's a dry heat. That'll get you a smack in the mouth. So remember, don't say it. It's not a dry heat. Isn't it a dry heat? It, it, it is a dry heat, but it's just a lot of heat. You know, that's the thing. It, you know, you get that, you know, humidity that you get down south, and, and it's horrible. Trust me, I'll take the heat any day over that humidity. But when you walk outside, you know, and you've got a 20, 30-mile-an-hour wind, and it's 118 degrees out, uh, <laughs> honestly, folks, it just feels like a blow dryer in your face, and it's hard to get it. It's, it's hard to escape. Uh, so it's just a different kind of heat. I am uh, excited about our guest here today, Matt Smith five-time Pro Stock Motorcycle World Champion, son of the great Ricky Smith, pro-modified legend. But what is intriguing to me and the reason why I wanted to set this one up, Keith, is because Matt is developing and running two different engine combinations in NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycle right now. He's developing the four-valve Suzuki engine, and he's also got uh, his wife Angie running on the V-Twin that he had won the championship, not the exact bike, but the engine formula. And he's got two things going on at once. We don't really hear a lot of that from our guests. Two different programs. Are they different? Are they the same? What's the difference? Ring seal, etc. So I am super excited. I know you guys work with Matt what do you know about Matt Smith and what he's got going on? Well, I'll, I'll say it real quick and real easy. He's damn fast. That's what I know about him. Uh, I, I, I'm sure, and, and as I said a little earlier, Matt and I have talked in, you know, we'll say kind of passing conversations. We haven't had any really in-depth, deep engine conversations, which I'd love to have uh, with him. But knowing him and knowing his background and knowing the family that he comes from, I know, and, and you know, correct me, Matt, if I'm wrong when you come on, uh, that you're, you know, th- this is your life, this is your blood, this is what you breathe, and, and you're going after it and going to find every bit of power that you can find and not assume that, hey, these are the ways you do it uh, that's been accepted. You're going to find, you know, hey, let's dig deeper, let's go further. And I was, as Joe indicated earlier, blown away when I saw, we'll say, the inline format come out uh, versus the V-Twin format, and that in itself is a whole conversation that I'd love to have with you, uh, just the challenges between those two engines. And not only from an engine builder point of view, uh, from a rider point of view, I would have to think that they would ride very differently. So let's bring him on. Five-time NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycle World Champion, Matt Smith. Welcome to Hidden Horsepower. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Great. Keith is hot. I am my normal deal. I'm humid, 
And uh, you are super fast. I know that. So what about what Keith just had to say? We all know you're fast, the five-time world championship. But you got a lot going on right now, Matt. You're uh, managing multiple programs. You also race. I don't think we've ever spoken with a you know motorcycle engine builder on Hidden Horsepower just yet. You might be the first. How do you manage it all? Well... Let me let me back up one one second and talk about the dry heat a second. <laughs> when we when we went to Qatar back uh, in the summer of I think it was fourteen or fifteen, it was one hundred and thirty four degrees when we walked out of the hotel. So uh, I know exactly what you mean about being hot and blow and hitting you right in the face because it was like wow. And that's when they changed the series the next year and the continued thing to where it's now December, January, February where they run over there. So. I know about the hot weather, Keith. I, I feel your pain, buddy. Well, well let me just bump in because I'll say this. The, the hottest it's been here in Phoenix on record is 122, and that took my breath away. I can only imagine what 134 is. Or I should say I can't imagine. I think you'd walk outside and just catch on fire. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I'm, free, I'm freaking out to hear 134. Matt, you go deeper. What was it like? Was it a, oppressive? Did you feel like you were dying? I mean, I know there's people. They live there, so it can't be impossible but my goodness, 134. It, it was it was literally like you put your face in front of the oven as soon as the hotel doors opened up. I, I could not believe it because when we flew in there the very first time, and this is one of the first times we went over there, we flew in at night. So, you know, yeah, it was hot, but, it's you know, it's nighttime. You know, you get there about 10, 11 o'clock at night. But the next morning we left to go to the track at 8 o'clock, and as soon as you walk out the hotel, it was just there, and I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> How are we supposed to race in this, you know? So um, besides that, I mean, like I said, that was an experience, and uh, I'm glad I got to experience that. But uh, let's get back to this hidden horsepower and talk about inline versus V-twin stuff and, and ring field. You're doing both right now. And for those that don't know, I don't expect, like, we got an engine builder crowd. Hopefully they watch NHRA Camping World Series drag racing. Certainly you have been on the radar a lot, and – Earlier this year, you picked up a win on a Suzuki, meaning now you have won a race on every manufacturer you've ever ridden, which is a great and challenging stat. But what I'm interested in, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation, is the development of the two engines. It can't be exactly the same. There's got to be different directions and programs, and you're going down roads to find power in both all at the same time. That's got to be a challenge. It is. It's a, it's a big challenge. You know, I mean, the, the, the V twin, you know, we rev to close to 11,000 RPMs. It's two cylinders, you know, it's 160 cubic inch. And, uh, you know, we use a lot of torque, um, to, to make them go down the track fast. And, uh, the inline four cylinder, you rev to 14,000 or, or higher. Um, what I've heard from some people and, you know, it's, uh, it's 1850, 55 cc's, and you know, it, you don't have a lot of torque. So it's uh, two di- totally different combinations. NHRA does a really good job of of keeping parity in the class. Um, I think the parity is pretty good right now. Um, even though Suzuki has won every race this year so far, we haven't seen a V twin win yet. So, uh, but uh, you know, it's a real challenge uh, trying to develop parts and pieces. Um, for the Suzuki program, um, last time I ran a Suzuki was in 2004, Omong. Um, I did race for Don Schumacher in 09, but I didn't have anything to do with the 
engine development. I was just a higher rider. But a lot has changed since 2004 on this thing, and it's just hard to get parts right now. Uh, one part I'm not having problems with getting is total fill rings, you know, for sure. I, Keith and Matt have been exceptionally uh, helping me develop this stuff and, and, and trying a bunch of stuff, and we had some experimental stuff in at Norwalk, and uh, we ran good with it, but um, I think everybody saw it smoked a little bit, and uh, we went a little bit overboard with what we did, but uh, we're, we've got it back apart, and we're they next gave me some rings in here again, and we're going to try some more stuff at Norwalk. So uh, um, that's what R&D is about, and that's how you go fast, and that's how you win championships and you win races is uh, to keep digging, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, 100%. you got to find the limits. You know, there's, there's the high limit and the low limit, and we want to find, you know, that just right limit. And, that, and that's what this is about. It's about, as Matt said, trying different things and testing different things and, you know, pushing those limits. How far can we go? And, you know, where, what direction can we take this thing to find that, you know, that little bit? It's all, you know, again, just like in anything in pro stock, these engines are so refined and so developed. You know, you don't find 10 horsepower here. You don't find 10 horsepower there, but you find one here, two there. And the next thing you know, it all adds up and you're, you know, you're the fastest guy on the track. So anything we can do to help develop that, you know, to find those ones and twos is, is where we've got to be. And obviously we took it a little too far uh, with the last thing, but we, you know, we're sneaking back on, you know, back up on that just a little bit. And uh, it ought to be, uh, it ought to be really good now. I think the average fan and, and, you know, people, they don't realize how much ring seal and cylinder hone makes power. I mean, it is so critical with the Hona machines today and getting the proper ring seal of how much more power you can actually make um, than just uh, the old CK10 hones from 20 years ago. It's just, it's unbelievable what, you know, Total Seal's done with the ring quality and, and what these new machines have done with uh, the honing stuff. And and where did that become apparent to you matt like i know a couple of years ago when you were strictly v twin and it seems like um every pro stock motorcycle racer has got a partnership with a pro stock engine builder for some maybe not all but some machining and that whole everything you just said there has been said on hidden horsepower by multiple engine builders over the years like since keith and i have been doing this show like that's the hot topic what you just put out there. Yeah, well, really it was in 17. Um, we heard a motor at Dallas, Texas, and we went up, you know, Richard Freeman was about three hours north of that, and we had to go into Vegas from Dallas, you know, because our shop's in North Carolina. So talked to him at the track, and he said, yeah, bring it on up there. You know, let's see what we can do. And, you know, we definitely, you know, I had some spare pistons and some spare jugs, and, I said, but I need, you know, to fit this stuff and hone it and all that. And uh, um, that was the first time that we had anybody else do our stuff besides our local company right around here. Um, and the 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 Diamond Stone, the CNC deal that they have, the honing machine they had, we did that and we went to Vegas. And if I didn't win Vegas, I got runner-up. I was number one qualifier. It was it was unbelievable. And we picked up like two and a half inches of vacuum. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And and then we went on, and I think we won the, the Pomona race uh, with the, the deal. So it really escalated at that point. And then they've been doing our V-Twin stuff, you know, basically ever since. And, you know, we've won uh, three more championships 
um, or no, I guess four more championships with them um, since we've been doing that. So it's been an uh, amazing deal. Uh, like I said, just people don't realize, you know, how much power you can actually find if you do the right thing with your uh, the ring seal and the, and the cylinder honing. Hidden horsepower. How about that, Keith? Uh, yeah, 100%. You know, one of the things that, you know, one of, uh, we'll say one of our cohorts in Crime Lake Speed brings up is it's it's soup, not steak. We, you know, we do a lot of trackside tech talks and, you know, talk about how all these things work together and how that cylinder bore finish, the cylinder bore geometry, piston design, piston rock, the ring, all of these things affect everything that goes on in there. And if we miss on one of them, it all suffers. And, you know, it's it's working with, you know, Teams like, you know, with Richard and Elite and, you know, these, these upper echelon guys that, you know, you know, will say, not to say they know every secret, but they know a lot of the secrets and they're sharing that information and, and spreading that out and helping the rest of us bring all this to the next level. And, you know, and I think motorcycle for a lot of years didn't, you know, the right way to say it is, I don't think they were working to that level. You know, nowadays they are, but there was a lot of years where it was kind of like, the, you know, the, a lot of the guys knew how to take engines apart and knew how to put them together, and they just accepted the parts that were given to them. And, you know, today I see, in, you know, in, in pro-stock bikes, so many of the guys, you know, like Matt, you know, that are that are diving into this thing and really pushing the quality of what they're getting, pushing the levels of these engines uh, to the, you know, to the level that they need to be and really, you know, trying to squeeze that last bit out. And, you know, a part of it, I'm sure it was the V-twin, you know, as long as the V-twin's been around, you know, the inline four's been around a lot longer and had a lot more years of development on it. So in essence, they had to do a lot of catching up really fast. And I think that's helped to elevate the entire, you know, the entire series to the next level when it comes to engine work. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, I mean, it, it's the total package. It's just not one thing. I mean, you can have the greatest cylinder head in the world, uh, the greatest cams, all that stuff. But if your your ring seal doesn't doesn't seal up and you don't have a good piston, then you're not going to have power. And like I said, it, it's it's the total package of everything. You you the people that are fast out there, and and our team is really fast with our V twins. We haven't got our Suzuki program where I want to see it yet. Yes, we're close. We have made big improvements, but everybody's got to remember we're only five races into this deal. And some of these guys have been doing it for the last 15 and 16 years. And we've already passed some of those guys in five races. So um, I just have to have time to develop stuff and, and working with, with Matt and Keith and, and doing the stuff there. Um, it's helping me along uh, to speed up my process, but um, all in all, it, it's just a, it's just a great thing. It's just, you know, I, I love doing this. I love working on the V twins. I love working on the inline fours. Um, kind of why I'm doing the inline fours. Just the one big reason is Scrappers Racing hired me to develop this stuff for them. But the other reason was I'd never won on a Suzuki. I've never been successful on a Suzuki, and I like challenges. And this is a challenge for me. Um, and right now, Angie's got our best stuff, and she's showing up by what she's doing out there coming in off a strong weekend and uh, the moment that we're recording and I'm hoping to get this up for everybody to listen to uh, pretty much over the weekend as, as Norwalk comes. But uh, Angie was super quick out there in Bristol 
And uh, you mentioned Scrappers Racing, Mike Salinas, Top Fuel Teams, daughter Gianna running a Pro Stock Motorcycle. They are, are helping you guys out, and, and you kind of all come together. Uh, but what I want to do right now, Matt, is take a step back because how did you get into this? I know Ricky Smith is your dad, but were you always an engine guy? We talked to Greg Anderson not long ago, and he wasn't. He was a car guy, like a general mechanic, but he loved pro stock, and he wanted to win. And the only way he could win was to learn the engine trade, to throw himself completely into it and do it himself because he's the only one he could rely on to find the horsepower for himself to win. What about you? I kind of know you as a racer before being an engine builder. And if you wanted to go fast, well... You had to become an engine builder. Is that is that the way you look at it? Yeah, you know, my dad, when he raced pro stock, he had his own engine shop here. And, you know, I saw what it took to go fast. You know, back in the day when he was racing IHRA and NHRA, you know, back in the day when Winston sponsored both series. And I saw all the hard work. I saw what they did. And I was like, wow. And it, and I was, in, I was in school. You know, I was, I was still a young kid and, and getting out of high school and all that. I never took auto mechanics class in school. I never did any of that. I was more of a preppy boy, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I really liked what my dad did. I liked the racing part and all that. So I decided that I wanted to go race and he, you know, watching him, he's like, no, you got to go earn it yourself. I'm not going to give you anything to go do it. If you want to do it, you, you've got to earn it. So basically I just went out and bought me a old little motorcycle because that's all I could afford at the time. And I started racing it. Well, I got good. I started winning some races and then I bought another bike and I started building my own motors. Well, you know, I, I thought I was building motors. I blew them up. You know, I mean, I didn't know how to do it right, but doing that and hands-on experience, I learned how to build the motors the right way. And then I got better by just watching the people in my dad's shop do some different stuff. And then I started porting them on heads and I started doing my own stuff and I got really good at it. And, and it's just translated into that where I was really didn't know a clue about engines to now I'm a, a guru about engines and I'm also a pretty good racer too. Pretty good. Five-time world champ. Keith question for Matt. Well, the, he kind of answered the question that I was going to ask him, you know, being that you're, we'll say your family's background has been with four wheels, how did you gravitate to, I'll call it, riding on it, not in it, but obviously that was out of expense. You know, you were able to buy a bike and go race a bike versus buying a car and racing a car. Uh, I assume that's true. Yeah, you know, back, back in the day, I mean, I think Pro Stock Car, you know, you could get a whole complete turnkey thing for right around $100,000, you know, back then when it started or when, when I was getting out of high school. I could go buy a bike and it was $15,000. So it was way less expensive for me to try to do it. And if I failed, I didn't lose a bunch of money, you know, and I actually, you know, succeeded at it. And, you know, at the time I was working at Pepsi and doing the stuff and doing it part-time and, and, and trying to race part-time. And I got really good and got some sponsors behind me that I ended up quitting Pepsi and going full-time racing and, you know, ever since I've done that in 2004, I've, I've, I've successfully had sponsorship and won races and won championships and, and kept, uh, kept this deal going. But I've raced the car some for my dad and for other people. But, you know, my heart is 
is racing motorcycles. And, you know, maybe one day when I decide to get out of motorcycles, I can do a car for a year or two and, and then retire for good. But uh, the motorcycle is where my heart's at. And, and, and that's awesome because, you know, like I say, I've, you know, I've, I've owned bikes before I ever owned cars. I've been riding since I was, you know, a teenager. And like you say, just that, that visceral experience of being, we'll say, on it, not in it, are very, very different. Uh, you know, through my own racing you know, career ended up in dragsters, and that was, you know, having that open-air cockpit thing was the closest thing I'd equate to being on a bike. So I definitely will say I definitely get, I understand, you know, the motorcycle side of it. And uh, if you ever do decide to go into cars, like most great racers, I'm sure you will do very well because, you know, great racers are great racers. I, you see so many that doesn't matter what they race. They're always just, they're, they're top of their field when they do it. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have won in the car. I've, 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 I've won in my dad's Pro Mod car not at NHRA, but at, 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 you know, eighth mile stuff. I've won for the Sheik and Qatar. I've won in his car over, over there. Um, I've been fast. You know, I went 354 at, at 212 over there in eighth Ooh. mile uh, in a car. And in, in one of my dad's cars, uh, I've been, you know, I think it was 580 at, at 250, you know. But I can tell you this. 205 mile an hour on a motorcycle feels faster than 250 mile mile an hour in a pro mod car. Oh right. God, it'd have to. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Either of them for me, but I, I stand down there at the top end, 1320 Keith. And I watch Matt and Angie come by. And when I, for instance, when I watch pro mod car go by, I like, Oh man, that's awesome. And when a fuel car comes by, I'm like, wow. And when they come by, I'm like, Oh hell no. No, I just like, it's just when you sit up on the bike guys and you start going through the slowdown process, it's like, it just, it's unrelatable to me. I cannot see myself doing what you guys do in that moment. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, you know, if, if you don't watch out, you know, if you go through the lights and sit up too fast and not holding on real good, the wind will just take you right off the motorcycle. And I mean, we've seen that happen to other people, you know, but um, there's a lot of wind, a lot of wind. I mean, like I try to explain to people, they ask me, they go, how does it feel to go 205 mile an hour? I'm like, well, when you're going 70 mile an hour down the, down the highway, stick your arm out, roll your window down, stick your arm out. What does it do? It goes backwards. Try that three times. And you know, that's how much more force it is, you know, on a motorcycle. Cause with your helmet you have on, that's, that's heavier than your arm. And it's just, it's a lot of wind and it's, but it's fun. That's it's exciting. And I, like I said, I love challenges. So the challenge of the Suzuki, all that you learned with the V-Twin, is what's applicable? Are you starting kind of from scratch? Is there something that translates? Uh, you know, ring seal is ring seal, but you just talked about a totally different RPM band. We're talking about horsepower versus torque. There's a lot going on in trying to develop two different combinations at the same time. So what does translate? Nothing. Nothing translates. I mean, <laughs> absolutely nothing. I mean, from gear ratios to the clutches to the engine RPM, I mean, nothing is translated yet. That's that's kind of why I'm still a little lost with the Suzuki. I haven't got it where I need it to be. Um, I have the power to run with anybody with a Suzuki. I mean, we've ran 201 mile an hour already with a Suzuki. Uh, day in, day out, at, at, at every weekend. I am one of the top two or three motorcycles for speed on the Suzuki platform, you know, every weekend and week out. But I can't get the bike to run to 330 
like the other guys can yet because I'm missing something in tune-up. I'm missing something in the clutch or the gear ratio. There's something going on that I have not figured out yet. And nothing translates from the V-Twin because our V-Twin program is the best out there. Hands down, we have the fastest V-Twin stuff out there uh, of anybody. And Angie showed that last weekend uh, of what we're capable of. And, um, I mean, if she wouldn't have broke a valve spring in the semifinals, I felt like she'd have won the race. You know, um, but it is what it is. That's what happened. And, you know, we'll back up and hope that she'll be fast at Norwalk. But there's absolutely nothing. I can promise you that. I've, I've struggled with it. And um, the reason I haven't got it any better yet is because we just don't have the parts and pieces to build a second motor yet. I'm still waiting on certain things to complete this second motor. So I can't do a lot of testing. And that's that's been my biggest downfall is we just can't test a lot. Yeah, like you said, you know, I definitely understand, well, you know, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, probably the cautious attitude of only having one engine right now, because, uh, like I say, testing's king, and to be able to go out there and try all, I'm sure you've got a bunch of ideas and things to try, but at the same point in time, you can't break it. So, uh, and parts availability, though, you know, at least from my side of it, from the total sealed piston rings point of view, we're we're getting better. Materials are coming in, we're able to build more parts, get more parts on the shelf, but you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was out and visiting customers, and I got to tell you, every shop I went into, it's, you know, can't get this, can't get that. Uh, it, it's still a mess out there, and hopefully it gets better soon, because uh, we certainly look forward to, you know, to Matt being able to, you know, we'll say, throw all the thoughts out there he's got and, and see how far he can make that Suzuki go. Yeah, uh, and it's, 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 it's pistons, it's rods, it's, uh, you know, camshafts, I mean, those are the and valves. Those are the four critical things that we cannot get right now, and it's it's just you know that's the reason that we can't put a lot of parts and pieces you know to have a second motor yet because one I'm just new into this you know if I would if I'd been running this for a couple of years I'd probably have some of that stuff laying around but right now just trying to develop this and get new stuff in here I just can't get it and you know it's just that's kind of what's been frustrating uh, for me you know with it. And at the same time, the category allowing the four-valve uh, Suzuki cylinder head, and there's a couple of choices out there also. And, uh, you know, for you, you're not um, you know married to either of them. You can pick whichever one is better, whichever one you want to use. And so there's that potential to develop as well. Which direction are you going with that? I have both. Uh, right now I have the Vanson Hines uh, heads, and I have the Monstar heads. Um, we focused right now on doing the Monstar stuff. Um, but we are develop. we have new parts and pieces that we're waiting on to, to do the Vance and Hein stuff. Um, but right now we have the two motors that the motor that I have and the motor that Jimmy has is the Monstar and we have one motor each and that's what we're running right now. Um, we have three Vance and Hein's motors in the cabinet for Gianna, um, to, to ride, but what we've tried to develop right now is the monster stuff because trying to develop stuff mid season, it's just hard to do develop and race. So the Vance and I stuff, we will develop that come November. We got a bunch of parts order for it and hopefully you'll see us with uh, that kind of, that combination next year, you know, when we're racing. Well, wh- one of the questions, you know, you're talking about developing the engine. And again, I come back to my naivete, uh, where do you get to, you know, do you guys have your own dyno? Do you, where do you dyno at? Yeah, we have, I have a chassis dyno and I have an engine dyno also. So we have 
both worlds here and everything's in house. Like I said, the only thing we don't do in house is hone our cylinders. And, um, I just, it doesn't make sense for me to buy that kind of machine for just my stuff. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a that's a pretty chunky expense if you're not, a, you'll say, a retail shop trying to make that machine make a living. Uh, so I, I, I certainly understand that, and it sounds like you're working with guys that are more than capable of doing a great job for you. Yes, sir. Interesting. Now, um, being Tricky Ricky's son, you got to have a great story or two about your dad because he has the era that he lived, right, and still living, um, but that era where technology and, and like availability of, of stuff like he came from the you had to use factory parts and modify them to the now they can make anything era and that's kind of where I'm going with this like that had to be kind of sh- interesting and strange to watch that whole transition happen from we got a stock block and we got to find the right one and now you've got you know 959 cubic inch Pat Musi blocks that were made from a clean sheet and your dad experienced all of that, and you were kind of watching a lot of it. You got anything you want to share regarded, regarding that? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember back watching, you know, the whole deal when he raced Pro Stock back in the day. You know, he was Pontiac was the main, uh, his main, you know, supplier. And I remember just stock heads and stock blocks coming in, you know, and them working on them and, and making them you know, for these 500 cubic inch motors and even the, the bigger motors, you know, that they run in, in ITRE. Um, and to see what they're doing now, um, they just put a, a big chunk of billet in the machines and they, in two days, the, 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 the block's done in two days, the head's done. And it's just like, it's amazing to see that kind of technology, you know, happening now, um, in everybody, in everybody's stuff, you know, I don't think pro stock car is going there yet with the blocks. I think they still have to use a cast block, yes. but, uh, you know, I think there are billet heads now for, uh, I think the, the DRC four or something like that, uh, from what I've heard. And, um, it's fascinating. It, it, you know, manifolds are now being made out of CNC machine, one piece billet instead of, you know, a sheet metal where you used to weld them up. I mean, I remember my dad and him used to, they'd bend metal and weld them and try different runner links and ports and, you know, and now it's all CNC out of a billet piece of aluminum, you know, to make manifolds. So a lot of technology has gone into stuff, you know, the last seven, eight years over when I first watched my dad do it. I, I got to agree. You know, being that, you know, I, I do go out and I travel and visit. If there's one thing that I've seen, you know, as Matt said, last seven, eight, maybe 10 years uh, going into all these shops is the advent of affordable CNC equipment. I mean, I go into shops that, you know, some of these places are maybe a little older school, been around a long time. You know, you don't expect a lot. And back in the corner is a four-axis mill going. I mean, they're doing blocks. They're CNC and heads. Uh, some of these places I go into, they're building their own rods. They're building their own pistons. The, we'll say the, the advent of that technology, I think, is a big part of what has elevated the motorsports industry, the, you know, the ability for these guys to, you know, go to a, you know, to a CAD program, draw it out, make it, and build it, and they don't have to rely on somebody else you know, finally deciding to build a part. Now, you know, oh, here's a here's a better block. Hell, they're building their own. So that that's one of the I'll call it revolutions or evolutions that I've seen is the ability, you know, of these guys to take their ideas and and turn it into reality. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a prime example of uh, a shop that I used to go to all the time. You know, I raced for Don Schumacher in 2009, 
And I even used to go up there every year just to say hey to everybody and all that. But when they started their CNC shop over there, it is a may. I mean, if, if you've never been to their open house at the Indy race, if you just go there and look at all the CNC machines that they have now and they're making parts for everybody, it's like, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like I said, it's mind blowing to see the technology of what they're doing now compared to what they did 10 years ago. Yeah, it, it, and we'll hopefully continue, right? Like, we want to see that evolution continue on because that's uh, building uh, efficiencies and, you know, making it easier to come up with great stuff. But ultimately, the cars get faster, <laughs> and that's what we like. Yes, the cars get faster, and, you know, but they get to the point we don't need them going too fast because, you know, it's just it, it's a risk of, that's kind of the reason why they slowed down, you know, from the quarter mile to a thousand foot because they were going too fast and some of the sh- tracks were too short. So, uh, everybody wants to go faster, but at some point you have to pull them back a little bit to, uh, for safety wise, you know, NASCAR is the same way. Uh, Bill Elliott would probably always hold the record at 220 some mile an hour, you know, at, at Talladega, I think it was, but, yep. um, you just, uh, they, you just can't have that kind of speed in some cars and expect people to, uh, to keep going after it. Now, Matt, you've had a lot of great challenges. You say you like uh, challenges. You're in the middle of a challenge with the Suzuki program. You've already built a world champion with the V twin. Uh, is there another challenge out there that you are looking for? We talked a little bit about driving, you know, four wheel cars. When that opportunity comes your way, I, I have no doubt you'll, you'll take it. But now that you've been able to be successful doing this, uh, going from a you know a preppy high school kid to a racer to a champion, um, you know now an engine builder. What would you like to do? Is there something that you got your eye on? Is there something, some big dream that you've dreamed that you you'd uh, like to tell us? I mean, eventually, you know, and I'm not saying I have to do it in the next three to five years or whatever, but eventually, I mean, I would love to to be able to, uh, you know be on a quality team that is it either a funny car or a top field car to drive for them and, 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 and try that. And, you know, I've watched Antron do it. And I mean, you know, Antron will tell you to this day that the bike is the hardest thing he's ever raced in his life, you know? And, and I think I've been very successful at it. And I think I'd probably be very good at uh, either a funny car or top field car down the road. But you know, it's just, it's, you know, I'd even want to do a pro mod car like my dad, you know, once he retires and gets out of it. But those are the ones that I would like to, you know, yeah, pro stock car would be appealing also. But if I'm going to step up, I, I want to go a little faster. You know, I just, I'm to that point. If I'm going to take that jump, I want to go faster than just, you know, two tenths faster than what we're going now, you know. And that's, that's where I'd like to try. Wow. What do you think of that, Keith? I think it's. I, I think that's a, a, a the direction to go. I mean, as a racer, there's some guys that are out there satisfied, you know, to run this ET. But I can I can only speak for myself. It's always about improving. It's always about trying to go a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. So I definitely see we're moving into pro mod or moving into a funny car or dragster. Uh, but but being a bike guy, and I got to tell you, uh, having seen quite a few you know different races, and I, and I'll, I was down in Australia a few years ago watching the. Well, you know, the top fuel guys blown on nitro, you know, on a bike. Have you, has that ever crossed your mind, Matt? 
Yeah, I mean, I've talked to Larry McBride about about doing it. Um, the biggest thing about those bikes are so heavy, and you kind of have to be a bigger person to ride those bikes. It's about the same way with the top fuel Harleys. You you need to have some weight on you to be able to steer those bikes and manhandle them because they're so heavy. And I'm just not a big person, you know. Now my dad could probably do it in a heartbeat, you know. Um, but I'm a smaller guy, and I took after my mom. And, you know, so for me, I probably couldn't do it the correct way, you know, all the time. But I really think that I could probably do the top fuel or funny car thing. I mean, I'm a light enough person to where they could make weight pretty easy, I think, with it. And, you know, I've done pro mod before and I know I could I know I could handle one of them pretty good. So that would be my challenge that I would have. Yeah, plus plus he's banned. Angie has banned him from doing that stuff, Keith. Like he can't. He's not. <laughs> he's not allowed to do that. We we brought that subject up a couple of times, right, Matt? And she's like, no. Yeah, between between Angie and and my sponsor Lisa, um, with Denzo, they're they're like, nope. As long as we're sponsoring you, you're not doing that. So, um, that's this is where I'm at right now. <laughs> Speaking of that. Well, speak- well, the, well, the, the, well, those are perfect answers because I, the safety side of it, the one thing, and, and as you said, you know, watching those guys, and you know, and I really hadn't put together the bigger guy, but you say that's a big, heavy bike, and there's a lot of body English used in steering that because it amazes me to watch those guys drop the clutch and literally set the front tire down going through the stripe on the big end. It's like, how do you steer this thing? Uh, and, and, and just watching that amazement and just – unbelievably dangerous as it all is uh so i definitely get that <laughs> right yeah e- exactly speaking of which uh you know we're talking about ring seal obviously and 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 total seal and you, you making that dense charge and keeping the oil and the fuel separate but igniting it right you have one of the premier sponsors they've been with you for a while give you a, just a, a, a chance to talk about those guys with lisa and denzo uh keith i you know i know you know but matt He's one. He's what? What year did you say you started, Matt? Like it's not been a long time, and you have five world championships. And how many of those came with Denzo? Because they kind of gave you the stability that you needed to stop looking for sponsorship and like putting out marketing decks and trying to knock on doors and get into the engine room and find the power. That's that seems to be the key to your success. Yeah, Denzo. Denzo come on board with us and. They were with Angie in uh, 17 for some races. And then in 18, they come, come on board with me part-time and Angie full-time. And er, then after 18, they've been with me, both of us full-time. So we've won three championships out of the last four years with them. And uh, I think that's a, a pretty impressive record uh, to have with them. Um, great company. Um way bigger company than what most people would ever imagine. Um, they're way more than just a spark plug company. They, they're, they're huge in, in everything else. Uh, they make, they make so many things from alternators to starters, to, to window motors, to air conditioned motors, to, it's just amazing. If, if you really want to understand Denzo as a whole, just look them up and you'll see what all they make. Um, Spark plugs is what they're known for, and if you go need spark plugs for your car, truck, or your motorcycle, or your jet ski, or your boat, you know, at least when you go to the auto parts store, ask for Denzo plugs, you know, and and support the people 
that support the racers because without those companies, I know I couldn't be out here. I'm not a rich person. I know I could not be out here running like we are and putting a show on for the fans like we do. So I'm very thankful for Lisa and Dan at Denzo. And, um, you know, me and my wife are extremely happy with, with their product and, and their support. Very, very cool. All right. At the end of each episode of Hidden Horsepower, I ask our guests to give a little advice to the next generation. You know, the young Matt that's listening, that is a car guy, a gearhead, found the podcast, how to build an engine, you know, like that kind of deal. Uh, I'm going to ask you about that in a second. So just kind of simmer on that in the back of your mind. But I want to give Keith a final opportunity to ask any questions that Keith, maybe you wanted to get real hardcore geek out with Matt on something, or there's a question that went unasked, unanswered. If you have anything for our guest, now's the time. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask Matt was just kind of a general question. Cause again, you know, obviously you're, you know, consummate motorcycle racer. Uh, you know, where did you start in the motorcycle racing side of it? I mean, do you jump, you know, did you buy a, you know, a used pro stock bike and start there? Did you work your way through, you know, super gas or the ET brackets? You know, how, how did you end up where you are? Well, I first started, I went and bought a street bike. I had a Honda 600 F2 and I went and bought a, a street bike right off the dealership and I took it to my local drag strip, which is Farmington Dragway right here in Winston-Salem. And I went out there and raced it some. And it's a, it's a pretty cool story. I won a couple little races with it. And then I met this guy, his name's Tommy McDonald, and he's actually on our crew now, working for us now, as of last year. He had a little drag bike, and it had little wheelie bars on it. And I was like, I got to talking to him and, and all that. He says, why don't you ride my bike tonight? I'm like, yeah, I've never rode a wheelie bar bike. He said, just do it. He said, you'll have fun. I did it, and I won the first time out on that thing. And I'm like, I've got to have one of these. So there was a, an association going on at the time where Elmer Trepp was racing every weekend um, down at Greensboro, which was Piedmont Dragway. And it was a, a deal called SCRA. And I went down there for the last race of the year, and I bought a, a chassis and a bike just like what Tommy had. And it was the old GS-based Suzuki motor and I, I started racing that and I won two or three championships with that and that's when I decided I wanted to go pro stock racing and I actually went and bought Paul Gast his Hayabusa pro stock bike complete and that's when I kind of started this deal in 2003 I went to a couple races then I four I went to a couple more but in 05 I went full-time in HRA and have been doing it full-time since then um, and won five championships and I think 34, 33 races now over in NHRA. So I've been very, very successful, uh, very happy, very blessed. And uh, that's how I got started. Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, Angie, obviously a big part of it, too. Uh, behind every great man, right? There's Angie. Yes, there is. That is... He has been a, a big supporter of me, and um, I'm a big supporter of her. And, you know, we... Uh, I would love to see her win some more races this year. I'd love to see her battle for this championship. Um, I'd love it to come down between me and her for the championship. That would be a dream come true. But uh, we'll just wait and see what happens this year. Have you ever thought of doing uh, engines for others? Like, obviously, Scrappers Racing has you, you know, working on, on Giannis, but like like Vance and Hines, right? Like the Matt Smith Racing header, say, or something that is high performance, but... 
your name, your brand, but for the aftermarket, for the people out there who aren't maybe necessarily wanting to run pro stock motorcycle. You get what I'm saying? Like leverage your career, your brand, your knowledge, your speed to people who want to be fast, but maybe not professional racers. Is that something you've ever thought of doing? You know, maybe when I quit racing myself, um, I would do that. But as long as I'm racing myself and, and, and just keeping up me, Angie, and, and two other bikes, because if I didn't have scrappers racing, I would, I would be renting two bikes out. So, I mean, just doing that, I like to keep our deal small because I can focus a lot more on just our stuff. I feel like if you get too big too quick, you lose track of what's going on, and then you get behind, and then there's a lot of people mad at you if, if this person's going too fast and you're not. And so probably, yeah, I would like to do that down the road, but right now I think as long as I'm racing, I'll, I'll just stay where I'm at. And, uh, you know, everybody knows who, who Matt Smith racing is and, and know that we battle um, against Vanson Hines, um, you know, so – we, uh, we're holding our own right now. Yeah, not just Vance and Hines this year, though. It's been pretty wild. Uh, but, yeah, building your own stuff, finding your own power, kind of out there on an island and winning all those championships. Keith, final question for Matt. Yeah, you know, Matt, obviously you've, you've done extremely well. And, you know, the development work on the V-Twin, and now you're diving into the Suzuki. Is there is there an area in either engine, and I know you're working on clutch and gearing and all that stuff, there's, is there an area in either engine that you're kind of focusing on? Is there that spot that you go, you know, I know we're leaving something here? You know, the engine part, I I see a lot of development left in the uh, the Suzuki four-valve motor. Um, we're just, right now we're waiting on parts. Like I said earlier, we're, we're waiting on pistons, we're waiting on valves, we're waiting on cams. So there's a lot of development there that I know that, we're going to make stuff that's no good. We're going to make stuff that's better, you know, no different than everything else we've done with our V twin stuff. I, I just right now we have, I'll, I'll give you an example. My dyno, I'm within one horsepower of our V twin stuff of where our Suzuki is. That's how close in power that we are right now. And this is only five months, six months into developing this Suzuki motor to our V twin stuff that I've been developing for the last 12 years. All right. So I see the potential that the Suzuki has, and that's why I'm on one right now. And that's why I'm committed to it because it's so much potential there that I, it's unlimited. But where I'm missing it at right now is somewhere in the clutch, somewhere in the timing or fuel map or gear ratios. I don't know what it is yet that, that I cannot make the Suzuki run to three thirty. from the eighth mile to the finish line. I can run with anybody. So right now, I am focusing on that part of the Suzuki program. And once I get that figured out, then we'll jump back into finding some power on the Suzuki side to go even faster with some new parts and new pieces. Excellent. Going to be exciting. Well, we all have that problem, right? We're all thinking supply chain, and it's, it's, a, it's a bummer. But I understand why it's going on out there, and we're just going to have to survive this period and get back to the point where we can get as uh, you know everything we need, which I have no doubt we will. Matt, at the end of each hidden horsepower, we like to ask advice for the next generation of young engine builders and racers out there that are looking to get ahead of the competition. We say it all the time, you know, like there's not all the youth is as driven as maybe you were 
as a young person. What would you say to that person out there listening, that young person, guy or girl who wants to get into the engine building trade or become a racer or follow in your footsteps, so to speak? Uh, what advice would you give them to maybe get ahead? My advice would be to to go get on a team, work for a team that that you admire, that you want to do this. Learn what what they they'll teach you. I mean, just being around a team that you know, one, you're going to get paid to work for them, but two, you're going to learn so much um, if you've never done this before, and and do that, and and you'll learn so much. Then you can. Ex- experiment and explore out in your own deal. Um, but to all the youth and kids that want to go racing, if, if you want to just be a driver or if you want to do like I have where I do everything, you know, I'm, I'm my own crew chief. I'm my own engine builder. I'm my own driver of the truck and trailer to the track and I get to race. I can tell you as long as you work hard and you put your mind to it, you can succeed and you can do anything that you want to do. And that's what I would tell everybody out there. Don't let people tell you you can't do it. Go prove it. Because people told me that I couldn't do this, and I've proved them wrong year after year after year. And the same thing, they told me that I wasn't going to make this Suzuki run. And I think we've done a pretty good job in, in six months. So uh, I think uh, that's my advice to everybody. Do what you want to do. Give 150% effort. And don't listen to other people when they tell you you can't do it. Go prove them wrong. Love it. Matt, great job. Super excited to have you on here at Hidden Horsepower. Multiple programs, multiple engines, developing both. Uh, I'd love to see you get all the camshafts and rods and pistons you need so you could do some testing. I think you'd be in a great spot. But thank you so much for joining us on the show. Keith? Matt, again, thank you so very much. And like I say, you know, the enthusiasm, the excitement you have for the new engine program, where it's going, uh, we're going to say, I know you guys are going to be setting records with that thing in no time. Uh, I always say it's exciting to be involved with your program. Well, thank you. And thank you, Keith, and, and, and all the effort that you and Matt put into our program and, and, and helped us with parts and pieces. And uh, like I said, we couldn't go as fast as, as we are in our V-Twin or Suzuki without your product. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Great job, Matt. Thank you so much. Good luck for the remainder of the season. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you having us home. And there he goes, Matt Smith. How great is that, Keith? Like, to me, that's old school racer. Drives the truck, builds the engines, races the bike, wins the championship. He's doing it all and keeping it in-house and reaping the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. It just shows you how driven he is, uh, you know, developing two different engine programs at the same time. Uh, he must be working on the 36-hour clock because uh, I'm telling you, you can't do that much work in 24 hours. Yeah, they don't they don't sleep a lot over there, I'm sure. But uh, it's been amazing. Right here in the middle of the season, it's going to be great to see how he continues to evolve the, the program. And, you know, the sp- supply chain issues, like you just have to flip on the news. Like this is something that's happening worldwide, and all racers are, are having to deal with it, right? It's like become part of winning championships. Like how are you going to handle parts availability? Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and I I really will say I pray that this does not become the new norm 
uh, for any longer that we've had to deal with it. But yeah, all the everybody's fighting, you know, fighting these challenges. You know, as he said, even, even not guys trying to develop engine programs, just guys trying to build engines. Uh, I was out on the road, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago. And every single shop I went into. Uh, the amount of engines stacked up, waiting, everything waiting for something is, as Matt said, you know, whether it's a, you know, a cam or valves or, you know, push rods or, you know, everybody's waiting on everything. And it's, it's really, we'll say stifling in the engine building and engine development. So uh, kudos to him for doing as much as he's done in his shorter period of time with the very limited supply of parts that he's had to him. It really is a challenge. I noticed he said you guys don't have that problem though. You're 100% right. There, there's a few little bits here and there that I'd like to see some more on the shelf, but by and large, no, we're pretty good. They're rocking and rolling out back. We're fully staffed. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, again, trying to come up with that 36-hour day so we can make more parts so we can get them into your engines. All right. For people out there who are interested, they got a question for you. We always say have uh, have them call you first, not last. Give them the number. If they're working on a project, if they've got a concept that they're working on, or if they've got a question about ring seal, what should they do? Give us a ring. You know, the toll-free is 800-874-2753. You can email myself, KeithJ, at TotalSeal.com, or jump on the website. There's a plethora of information there. Great videos, our YouTube uh, channel. We've got all kinds of, you know, all kinds of video information, you know, talking about cylinder honing and ring filing and uh, would just say more information than you could imagine available to you on those resources. But end of the day, if you need to call, you need to reach out, always feel free to contact us. Always great hanging out with you for a few minutes there. Keith, Matt Smith was great. Really appreciate you. Thank you for doing another episode. Uh, as always, thank you, Joy. I, I will say I'm honored and privileged to be a part of this and look forward to the next one coming up. And we'll see you all at the races real soon. There you go. He's Keith Jones, the Director of Technical Sales for Total Seal Piston Rings. I'm Joe Costello. You can follow me at WFO Joe, Twitter and Instagram, or also listen to my podcast, WFO Radio, where we talk to a whole lot of NHRA drag racers after they win races. And of course, we'll be hearing from Matt Smith a lot over the course of the year. Thank you very much. And also, if you want to rate and review this podcast, that makes a big difference out there in the podcast rankings out there. Rate, review, share, tell your friends, especially if they love the whole engine building trade. That's going to do it for this episode of Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal Piston Rings.